Uh, we have been working through uh, the Ten Commandments over the, the last three weeks. There was an introduction uh, three weeks ago, and then we've uh, covered the first two. If you missed those, you can um, get them off the website or um, uh, through one of the podcast channels um, and really encourage you to, to listen to those. And uh, one of the things that we saw is that God gives these commandments to a people that he has already rescued. The commandments aren't given to make people right in God's eyes. He's already redeemed them, already rescued them. The Ten Commandments are given for how people are to live in a relationship with God as his rescued, redeemed people, so that they will continue to be in a right relationship with him and continue to be recipients of his blessing. The third commandment that we come to today reads, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Uh, this commandment is, is all about God's name, uh, not taking his name in vain. And we see that God uh, holds that in very serious light. He will not hold those guiltless who takes his name in vain. It's, it's, this is probably one of the, the most familiar commandments. If, if you were to rattle them off, I, I guess most of us would at least include this one. We might forget one or two others. Uh, and on the surface level, it, it seems like quite a simple commandment. Do not use the, Lord's, the Lord your God's name in vain. But as we dig into it, we'll see that the meaning, the implications of this are much deeper than we might uh, take on surface level. Uh, during the week, as I was working on this, I was really wondering, how am I going to get more than 12 minutes out of this, uh, this one verse? And as I spent more and more time in it, I just realized the depth and implications of this. And names are important to us. And names identify um, who we are. How do you feel when someone gets your name wrong? Um, maybe someone comes to speak to you, and instead of calling you whatever your name is, they call you Bob. Now, um, as I said, I'm involved in student ministry, and one of the difficulties with student ministry is I meet literally hundreds of students every year. Uh, in the best of uh, times, I'm not good with names. So, so easily, 30 seconds into the conversation after the person's introduced themselves to me, I'm trying to remember what their name is. Never mind a week later when I see them. So I've become an expert at um, not using names. But, um, but, uh, but in me, I feel like I'm, I'm not respecting the person in the way that I should as I forget their name. Um, some of you, like me, might have names that can be spelt in different ways. Uh, my name is Sean, spelt S-E-A-N. That is the right way to spell it and should be the only way to spell it. But I often get my name, my name spelled S-H-A-U-N, sometimes S-H-A-W-N. Until yesterday, I thought those were pretty much the only ways of spelling Sean. Um, spending time on Google, I found that there's actually a whole bunch of different ways. Okay, those are all ways in which you can spell Sean, except for the right way, which is S-E-A-N. Um, now, I really don't want to use this illustration tonight because all the students are going to start using different spellings of my name just to mock me. But anyway, um, yeah, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that my name is going to be spelt wrong many times. But you know, names are important to us. It's part of who we are. Uh, just think about it. When you're in a conversation with someone, 
and you hear someone else mention your name. You pause. You, your attention now moves from the conversation you're having to what they are saying about you, or are they wanting to talk to you? Uh, but more than just the spelling of names, names have meaning. We have four kids, um, and when, when Lauren was pregnant with our kids, we were, we were thinking through what names to give our kids. Um, you know, we, we're quite fussy when it comes to names. Uh, we didn't want to use overly common names, um, like John or Mary. Uh, no offense to any Johns or Marys here, lovely names. Um, but we, we wanted to give our kids fairly unique names. Uh, we also didn't want to give our kids names with weird meanings. One of the names we liked is Cameron. When we went and looked in the baby names book, we found out that Cameron means crooked nose. So, um, so sorry, anyone who's Cameron here. Um, I've got a good friend, Cameron, and um, he doesn't have a crooked nose. Um, but names have meaning. Even in the, the New Testament, we see that. Um, Jesus renames some of his disciples to give them meaning. Simon is renamed to Peter, the rock. And in the third commandment, we see that names matter. God's name matters. The third commandment, you shall not take the name of, your, of the Lord, Yahweh, the God, your God, in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, the, the commandment's clear. We are not to take God's name in vain. We are not to misuse it or profane it. God's name is important to him. But why is his name important to him? Well, we see it's important because he has revealed himself to us. God has revealed his personal name to his people. That is what we saw last term as we worked uh, through Exodus. Uh, in, in Exodus 13, um, actually it's in Exodus 3, 13 to 15, it says... Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers sent me to you. And they ask, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. See, God's name matters because God reveals himself. His name is tied up with who he is. Um, it's, it's tied up with his identity. Uh, God reveals himself so that the Israelites may know him, not just by name, but may know his personality, may know who he is and what he does. In Exodus 33, um, Moses said, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. 
and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy, he said. But you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And this is exactly uh, what God does. In 34 verse 6, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgressions and sin, but will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquities of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. God reveals himself. He reveals his name and he reveals his character. Yahweh is loving and faithful. He is the loving and faithful God who forgives wickedness and sin. Yahweh is merciful and steadfast. That is who he is. That is his character. And his name bears that character. He is the God of justice and will not let wickedness go unpunished. In the New Testament, we see the attributes of Yahweh, the attributes of God uh, uh, put on Jesus. So this command not only applies to the use of God's name, Yahweh, but the use of Jesus, of Christ. This commandment says you must not misuse the name of God. You must not take his name in vain. God has a good name. His good name is to be honored. God is God, and we need to treat him as God. So his name is not to be misused, not to be profaned, not to be taken in vain. God has a good name. We must not give him a bad name. But how, how is it that we can misuse God's name? Now, the most common understanding of this is to use God's name as a swear word. And now the commandment must at least mean this. We are not to use God's name or his son Jesus' name as a swear word. If you go onto social media, you'll see every second post has the acronym OMG. It's just common in language. Jesus, Christ, God. In, in many circles, it's used almost as a comma in every sentence or as a full stop or as an exclamation mark. Really, it, it, it really has uh, penetrated uh, our society. And, and the, the more and more people use it, the more and more it loses its effect, so people use it even more. Uh, so people blaspheme uh, God more and more by the way they use his name, by the way they use his son's name. We are not to use God's name or his son's name flippantly or as a swear word. Now, it is worth noting here that is not saying that we, do not, we are not to swear by God, as you may be required to do in court. Uh, in swearing by God is to say that uh, if I am being untruthful, then may I sit under God's wrath. So um, it's not talking about that. Uh, not to use God's name in vain must also mean not to twist it or distort it to try to give God characteristics that are not uh, uh, as he has revealed himself. God has revealed himself to us. He's made himself known. 
We can know him, who he is and what he does. We can know him as the king of kings and as the Lord of lords. To make fun of him, to diminish him, to distort him, is to use his name in vain. But to use God's name in vain, or to misuse his name, is more than just uh, swearing or distorting it. Uh, the Israelites would not even have mentioned God's name. In our, in our Bibles, in the Old Testament, where you see uh, the word Lord, capital letters, that is God's personal name, Yahweh. Now, the Israelites would not even have mentioned it, uh, trying to make sure that they keep this commandment. Uh, the Old Testament people at times would have been tempted to use God's name as a bit of a manipulation, to get God to do what you want, a bit like, like a magic word. Uh, the name of the Lord Jesus can sometimes be used like that today, as a bit of a, a magical charm. Uh, as if the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus, opens up some special access to God or uh, gives us a magical mantra uh, that can give us what we want. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we are not using God's name as a, as a magical term, but rather we are praying in accordance with his character, his will, and his purposes as his ambassadors in this world. There's another way in which God's name can be used in vain. And that is, if we fail to live rightly as his people in this world, God has called upon his people to live as his representatives in this world. As Christians, we are people of Jesus. We bear his name, Christ's people. The Israelites in the Old Testament were a people for God, a, a treasured possession. God was to be their God, and they were to be their people. And they were to shine out to the rest of the world. Uh, have a look at what Paul says about, about the Jews in Romans 2. So if, but if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent, because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those in darkness, an instructor for the foolish, a teacher of children, having, the law embodied, having in the law the embodiment of the knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourselves? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You say, uh, that one must not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. God's name was blasphemed in this world by his very people. In the people who he brought into special relationship with him, rather than being witnesses, being a light to the world, they bring shame on his name. Shame on the, the name of the one and only true God. Rather than being witnesses to his greatness, rather than declaring his mercy, rather than being a teacher to the blind, Romans 2 says the name of the, 
the name of God is blasphemed because of them. Uh, They cause God's name to be used in vain by their actions. The very name by which they are named. How easy is it for us to spend time here on Sundays or in in our growth groups, studying God's words, singing praise to him. But then through the week, our lives do not resemble the name by which we are named. We are Christ's people, and we are to be living lives that are genuinely transformed, a people uh, who shine light on Jesus, a people who bear his name and bring honor to his name. We are a people belonging to God. We have seen that God has revealed his name. We have seen that we are therefore not to misuse his name. But there is also a positive aspect to this commandment. Instead of God's name being taken in vain, we should hallow God's name. We should honor his name. And it's, it is, that is why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray, hallowed be your name. It is a prayer that God's name will be honored, that it will be glorified, that God will be seen for who he is. As God's people, as Jesus' people, we are to be lights to this world. Uh, the way we live, the things we say, must lead people to see God, to see his character, uh, to see his character as he has revealed himself. The Israelites were to be a light to the nations around them. They were to be seen as God's special people, his treasured possession. Uh, to some degree, they were to make the nations around them jealous that they had the special relationship with the living God. But instead of, of leading to God's name being honored, to being held in high esteem, God's name gets mocked and ridiculed because of the actions of the Israelites. Look at these verses from Ezekiel 36. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, when the house of Israel lived in their own land... They defiled it by their ways and their deeds. Their way before me were like the uncleanness of a woman in her menstrual impurity. So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land, for the idols with which they had defiled it. I scattered them among the nations, and they were dispersed through the countries in accordance to their ways and their deeds. I judged them. But when they came to the nations, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name. In that people said to them, these are the people of the Lord, and yet they have gone out of his land. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations. You see that because of the wickedness of the Israelites, because of their constant rebellion against God, they're running after idols. They are sent off into the nations. They are sent off into exile. Uh, Because uh, of their wickedness, God's name is profaned. His name is mocked. Even as they go off into exile, God's name is defiled even further. The people mock and they say, these are the people of the Lord. 
yet they have gone out of the land, and God's name is profaned. But did you see at the end there, God is concerned for his name, and he will act to show his name, to restore his name, to show that his name is great and glorious and holy. Look at how Ezekiel 36 continues. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord. And when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes, I will take you from the nations and gather from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you. And I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey all my rules. And you should dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Those great verses. I try to shorten that passage too, but it's just such amazing verses. God promises to act. He promises to redeem his people, to save his people once more. But did you notice why? God is not doing it for their sake. He's not doing it for our sake. He's doing it for his name's sake. Ezekiel 36 is really, it is a gospel promise. Uh, the, the Israelites had shadow fulfillments, just glimpses of the fulfillment of these promises. But it is in Jesus that we see the full fulfillment of these promises. It is in Jesus that we have forgiveness, that we can stand before God cleansed, forgiven. At the cross, Jesus died to take the penalty that each of us deserve. And it is through him we can stand before God forgiven. Now, all of us have profaned God's name in one way or another. All of us stand guilty before him. But because of Jesus, the promises of Ezekiel 36 are true for us. We can stand before him as forgiven, cleansed, with a new heart, rather than a heart of stone. And we can stand before him as holy. Jesus came into this world to save sinners like us. He came to do it for his name's sake, that God will be honored and glorified. So we pray, hallowed be your name. Ultimately, God's name will be honored and glorified by all. And it is at the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is a day coming 
when Jesus' name will be acknowledged by all, whether willingly as his saved subjects in perfect relationship with him, or unwillingly as people bow the knee acknowledging Jesus, him as Lord in the face of judgment. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus' name will be hallowed by all. How are we living today? Are we living in a way that honors Jesus, that honors his name, that brings glory to God? Or are we living in a way that profanes his name, uses his name in vain, that brings disgrace on him? Let's make sure we are living as God's people. It might be that you, you are not a follower of Jesus. Then you are currently profaning God's name. You were created in his image. Come to Jesus for forgiveness. It's only there that you can receive forgiveness. Otherwise, you will, on judgment day, bow the knee before God. Acknowledge Jesus as Lord, but in judgment and wrath for all eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we praise you that you are a God of mercy. We praise you that you're a God of salvation, a God who delights to have a relationship with people, that despite our sin, despite our failure, uh, you want to know us and you want us to know you and to know your name. Father, we pray that you'll cause us to delight in you, to delight in your name. We pray that, that the way we live uh, will honor and glorify your name. We pray that because of us, because of us as a church and as individuals, the world will see you for who you are, and your name will be held up as holy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.